Amen. All right, we're there in Job chapter 28. And of course, on Wednesday nights, we are making our way through the book of Job. We've spent the majority of our time in Job uh, between studying Job's conversation between him and his three friends. That's what the most of the book of Job is about. And we're coming towards the end of that conversation. We've already had his three friends finish all of their speeches, and we're actually right in the midst of Job's conclusion. Job started talking a couple of chapters ago, and it's the last thing, the last argument he's going to make to his friends. And here in chapter 28, we deal with the subject of wisdom. Next week in chapter 29, we're going to look at Job reminiscing a little bit about how things used to be. And then in chapter 30, he is very down and regarding to how things are. In chapter 31, he kind of just makes one final uh, thrust to prove his innocence and give arguments for that. And then he's done. He's done with the arguments. After that, we have a man by the name of Elihu that comes in and he speaks for a while. And then God speaks. And uh, that's where we're heading in that direction. And we're coming towards the end of this conversation between Job and his three friends. And like I said, this chapter before us tonight, chapter 28, is all about wisdom. And Job speaks on the subject of wisdom. We're going to go through the entire chapter, uh, and I'm going to outline it for you, but I'd like you to just notice uh, in verse 12, just to get the context or to get the concept of what is being said. Job 28 and verse 12, he says this, but where shall wisdom be found? Where shall wisdom be found, and where is the place of understanding? Look at verse 18. No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls for the price of, notice the words, wisdom is above rubies. Look at verse 19. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued with pure gold. Whence then, verse 20, cometh wisdom? And where is the place of understanding? Look at verse 28. He says, And unto man he said, Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom, and to depart from evil is understanding. So I want you to notice and understand that what Job is talking about in this chapter is the subject of wisdom. And just for sake of definition, I want you to understand what wisdom is. Different people give different definitions to wisdom, um, but I want you to understand biblically what wisdom is and, and the idea of wisdom. Uh, a definition for wisdom is this, the soundness of an action or decision with regard to the application of experience, knowledge, and good judgment. And I don't have a problem with that definition, but I, I want you to understand that the, the main focus of wisdom has to do with application. Wisdom is not just knowledge. Wisdom is knowledge applied and put into practice in life. Somebody could have a lot of knowledge. They could know a lot of things, but if they do not apply those things into their lives, then they are not wise. Because wisdom is when we take the knowledge of uh, that God gives us, and we use it, we apply it, we put it into practice. That's what wisdom is. Somebody said this, knowledge is knowing that a tomato is a fruit. Wisdom is knowing not to put it in a fruit salad. So knowledge is understanding some things, and wisdom is understanding how to apply it, how to put it into our lives. Now, I want you to understand a little bit of what Job is doing here because what he gives us is a parable. In fact, if you go back to Job 27 and verse 1, if you remember in Job 26, Job began this talk uh, that he's been, the speech that he's been given. In verse 27, verse 1, the Bible says this, Moreover, Job continued, notice this word, his parable. His parable. So right before chapter 28, we're told that he's giving a parable and said, now I want you to look at Job 29, right after the chapter we're in tonight, Job 29 and verse 1, the Bible says, moreover, Job continued his parable and said, I want you to notice that the Bible tells us that Job is, is giving these arguments, but he, among those arguments, he's giving us these parables. What's a parable? A parable is an earthly story with a heavenly meaning. It is a simple story used to illustrate a spiritual truth. And that's what Job is going to do for us tonight in this chapter. He's going to teach us about wisdom. He's going to teach us uh, 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 some thoughts and concepts regarding wisdom, regarding the ability to take knowledge and apply it to our lives. But he starts 
by using this parable. And what he's doing is he's uh, using the idea of treasure, gold or silver, to illustrate uh, wisdom. So let's go ahead and jump right into the chapter. If you're taking notes, I encourage you to write some of these things down. There's a place on the back of your course a week to take down some notes. First of all, Job speaks about the search for wisdom. He speaks about the search for wisdom. And in verse 1, he says this, surely there is a vein. And of course, when we think of a vein, we think of uh, something in our body that allows uh, blood to flow through it. But there are veins in, in, in regards to uh, caves and things of that nature. Notice he says, surely there is a vein for the silver. When he talks about veins there, he's talking about these natural occurring canals that you would find in mines containing deposits of mineral. Uh, Here Job says, surely there is a vein for the silver, notice, and a place for gold where they find it. When he says the word there, fine, or he says where they find it, we would say that today as where they refine it. And he's talking about silver and gold. The, The fact that there are places, caves, mountains, holes people dig into, and they find these veins for the silver and a place for gold where they find it. They find the gold and they bring it out. They refine it. Notice verse 2. Iron is taken out of the earth. He's referring to metals and precious metals. He says people dig into the earth and they bring out this iron and brass is molten. That word molten there would be a modern spelling for that would be melted. He's referring to this process of digging into the earth bringing metal or precious metals, refining it or finding it, melting it, uh, molding it. He says brass is molten out of the stone. Notice verse 3. He says he. Now the he here is referring to the miner. This is the guy that goes down into the cave to bring out this gold or this silver. Notice what he says. He setteth an end to darkness. Now here's what he's saying. He's saying... The miner goes into these places, he goes down into these caves where light has never been uh, uh, shined before, where no one has ever uh, had light. He goes down into the caves and brings light to a place that has never seen light. He says, he, the miner, setteth an end to darkness, notice, and searcheth out all Perfection. He goes down there with a light and he's looking and he's looking for these stones that have been perfected, that have been completed, these stones that are precious. Notice he says there, the stones of darkness and the shadow of death. He talks about the fact that they go down to find these precious metals, they go down to find these precious stones, but they go to places of darkness, places where the light has never been seen. And then he says there at the end of verse 3, the shadow of death. He's talking about the fact that they go down into dangerous places. And you know, when I read this, I think of, I, I, I can just see these, these men working, you know, these miners going down into uh, the earth with, in our day would be flashlights and lights on their helmets. But in these days, it might be uh, some sort of a lantern and they go down into there and they're, they're bringing, they're looking at things that men have never seen before and, and, and they're doing it at great peril. There's much risk, but there's much uh, reward as well because they're searching for these stones that are valuable or this metal that is valuable. Notice verse 4. The flood breaketh out from the inhabitants, even the waters forgotten of the foot. He says, they pass through these paths of water that no foot's ever passed through. People don't walk there. These paths of water have been forgotten of the foot. They are dried up. They are gone away from men. This is an area that men Human beings don't normally travel. It's, 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 it's a place where people aren't normally at. They find water sources that men have not uh, seen or used. Look at verse 5. As for the earth, notice what he says, as for the earth, out of it cometh bread. And what Job is referring to is the fact that we can get grain from the top of the earth. We can grow in the earth and get grain and, of course, take that grain and turn it into bread. He says, 
as for the earth, out of it cometh bread. Then he says this, and under it is turned up as it were fire. And he's referring to the fact that under the earth or in the center of the earth is an inferno. And by the way, this is something the Bible has taught from the very beginning, that in the center of the earth, there's a place called hell, and there's uh, uh, all this fire, and there's all this inferno, and science has now agreed with the Bible and said, yeah, in the center of the earth, there's all this fire, and this is what Job is referring to. He's saying, look, on top of the earth, um, out of it cometh bread. You can grow grain, and you can grow these things, and, 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 and create bread, and eat it, and he says, and under it, it turneth up, as it were, a fire. Then he says this in verse 6. He says, the stones of it are the places of sapphire, and it hath dust of gold. He says, they go down. Why? Why do uh, men, how do men find uh, treasure? How do they find gold? How do they find these stones, these precious stones, these sapphires? How do they do it? And the answer, what Job is telling us in this parable, is that men find uh, 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 gold and precious metals and precious stones, they do it through great effort. It takes a lot of work. There's a lot of risk involved. It's not something that just, they're just, you know, going about their day and, and wow, look, there's a, a big old diamond or there's a big old ruby. He says, look, when, when, when people want to find something as valuable as silver or gold or a sapphire or a diamond or a treasure like that, he says they have to go where no one else has gone. They have to go and, and work hard. They have to dig. They have to uh, uh, put a lot of effort and risk. He says men find treasure through great effort. Then he says this. Men find treasure through great purpose. Look at verse 7. There is a path which no fowl knoweth, and which the vulture's eyes hath not seen. He says, in these caves, there are these hidden paths that will take you down to find this treasure. But he says, this, is, this cannot be seen by a fowl. This cannot be seen by a bird. Uh, he mentions a vulture's eye. The idea is that there is no aerial view of this. In verse 8, he says, the lion's whelps have not trodden it, nor the fierce lion passed by it. He says, these caves where this hidden treasure is, he says, animals aren't just passing by it. Animals have not just stumbled upon it. It's not like the lions have just stumbled upon this cave filled with gold and gold dust and silver and veins of silver and, and sapphires and treasure. He says, it's out of the way. You have to search for it. You have to dig for it. You have to look for it. Notice verse 10. He says, he cutteth out rivers among the rocks. He says, if people want to find this treasure, they have to cut rock. They have to cut holes and cut caves into rocks. They have to create these rivers among the rocks. And his eye seeth, notice, every precious thing. He bindeth the flood from overflowing. And the thing that is hid bringeth he forth to light. He says he goes down. He works hard. It's not something that animals or human beings just kind of stumble upon. He has to cut the rock. He has to bind the flood. He says sometimes they go down into these caves and there'll be rivers and water gushing and, and floods gushing and they have to create dams and, and, and re, uh, re, rearrange the water and bind it so that they can continue to dig. And the idea, what, what Job is trying to kind of illustrate for us is that it's a lot of work. It's a lot of work to find treasure, to find gold, to find these things. But the, 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 the idea that Job is telling us, if you look at verse 13, he says, No man knoweth the price thereof. He says in verse 15, It cannot be gotten for gold, and the it there is referring uh, to wisdom. Neither shall silver be weighed for the price thereof. See, what Job is illustrating for us is that there is something more valuable than gold. And he says it is wisdom. He says there's something more valuable than silver, than sapphires, than diamonds. He says there's something more valuable than precious metals and precious stones. He says it's, uh, it, it, it's the wisdom that comes from God. Keep your place there in Job if you would. Go with me to the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter number 3. You're there in Job. You've got Psalms in the book of Proverbs, Proverbs chapter 3. Here's what Job says. 
Job says, wisdom is more valuable than gold. That's what the Bible says. That's what Solomon said. The most uh, wise man on earth, the Bible tells us, that God gave him wisdom above all of his, uh, uh, any other king before or after him. Proverbs 3 and verse 13, the Bible says this, Happy is the man that findeth gold. Is that what it says? No. Happy is the man that findeth silver. Is that what it says? No. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom. And the man that getteth understanding. Look at verse 16. You say, why? Why would I be so happy if I found wisdom? What's the big deal about wisdom? Here's what he says. He tells us in verse 16. Here's the benefits to wisdom. Length of days is in her right hand. The her there is referring to wisdom. He personifies wisdom as a uh, woman. He says, length of days is in her right hand. And in her left hand, riches and honor. Her ways are ways of pleasantness. And all her paths are peace. See, here's what he says. He says, if you had wisdom, he says, let me tell you why wisdom is more precious than gold. Because wisdom can give you something that gold can't give you. Wisdom can give you length of days. Wisdom can help you make decisions that are going to cause you to live longer, to live healthier, to live stronger, to live with the blessings of God. He says, if you could get wisdom, he says, happy is the man that finds wisdom. You say, why? Because length of days are in her right hand. And he says, by the way, in her left hand, uh, riches and honor. Wisdom. You say, why is wisdom more valuable than gold? Here's why. Because wisdom can get you gold. And by the way, wisdom is, it also makes you smart enough to realize that living for gold is a foolish way to live. He says, in her left hand are riches and honor. If you had wisdom, people would respect you. You would live your life in such a way that people would honor you. He said, her ways are ways of pleasantness. He says, when you have wisdom, you can live a life that is pleasing or pleasant and all her paths are peace. Let me tell you something. If you're living a life that you would not characterize as peace, if you would say, my life is chaos, not peace. My life is anger, not peace. My life is strife and contention, not peace. Mark it down. You don't have wisdom. Because wisdom brings pleasantness. Wisdom brings peace. Numbers 18. She is a tree of life. By the way, the Bible says that he that wins souls is wise, and the Bible says that the person that wins souls is a tree of life. She is a tree of life to them that lay hold upon her. Uh, he says, and happy is everyone that retaineth her. See, what Job is telling us is this. He begins by speaking about the search for wisdom. He says, men find treasure through great effort. They search for treasure with great effort, and they find it through great purpose. What he's saying, if people are willing, look, if people are willing to put a lot of work and energy and effort into finding gold, he says, they would be smarter if they put that same energy to find wisdom. To look for wisdom. See, finding wisdom is difficult. Finding wisdom is hard. Finding wisdom means that you have to get up early enough to crack open your Bible and read it before you go to work. Finding wisdom means that you have to get up early enough to read your Bible before you start the day. Finding wisdom means that you have to figure out a way to get yourself to church on a Sunday morning, to get yourself to church on a Sunday night, to get yourself to church on a Wednesday night. See, wisdom requires work and energy, and people would say, well, it's not worth it, I don't need it. And here's what Job is saying, it's silly that people would do that for gold and not for wisdom. He says wisdom is better than gold. He says, wisdom is better than silver. He says, wisdom is better than precious stones and rubies and diamonds and all those things. He says, we have to search for wisdom. In the same way, people search for gold. So Job begins by speaking about the search for wisdom. Keep your place there in Proverbs. We're going to come back to it. Go back to Job chapter 28. Like you notice, secondly, not only does Job tell us about the search for wisdom, but then he tells us about the scarcity of wisdom. See, wisdom, like a precious metal, is highly valuable. We've already made that point, but I want you to see it again. He goes into detail. Verse 12. But where shall wisdom be found? And where is the place of understanding? 
He saw, notice what he says in verse 13. Man knoweth not the price thereof. See, the problem with human beings is that we do not value wisdom properly. We say, yeah, of course you would get up early, stay up late, be inconvenienced, and work hard for a dollar. But I'm not going to get up early, stay up late, work hard, or be inconvenienced to find wisdom. And Job would say, that's because man knoweth not the price thereof. Neither is it found in the land of the living. The depth saith, it is not in me. And the sea saith, it is not in me. Notice verse 15. It cannot. No, he, he's talking to us about the value of wisdom. He says, it cannot be gotten for gold. You know you can't pay for wisdom? You can't pay for wisdom. That's why the, the college education system is so ridiculous. People think they can go. People in our country go out and get loans to go to a school where they're going to be taught a bunch of foolishness. Because the Bible says you can't even pay for wisdom. And the Bible says that uh, the beginning of wisdom, that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. The Bible says that the fool has said in his heart, there is no God. And that's the educational system in the United States of America. Led by a bunch of atheist reprobates. He says, it cannot be gotten for gold. Neither shall silver be weighed for the price there. Here's what he's saying. He says, wisdom is more valuable than silver and gold, and you can't give enough gold or silver to get it. Look at verse 16. It cannot be valued with the gold of Ophir, with the precious onyx, or the sapphire. The gold and the crystal cannot equal it, and the exchange of it shall not be for jewels of fine gold. He says, you can't buy it. You can't buy wisdom. You can't purchase it. It says in verse 18, No mention shall be made of coral or of pearls. You say, you, you, you say what if I, okay, I can't buy it with coal. What if I offer you coal? I can't buy it with silver. What if I offer you pearls? He says, for the price of wisdom is above rubies. The topaz of Ethiopia shall not equal it, neither shall it be valued with Pure gold. See, here's what Job tells us. He first speaks to us about the search for wisdom. And he tells us that men put a lot of effort into finding treasure. And if they put effort into finding treasure, then we should put the same amount of effort into finding wisdom. You say, why? Because wisdom, like precious metals, is highly valuable. In fact, it's more valuable. The Bible says the price of wisdom is above rubies. You can't pay for it. By the way, if you want wisdom, here's the point. If you want wisdom, you can't pay somebody to get it. You can sign up for as many classes as you want. You can go to as many classes, as as much college, as much university. You can do uh, uh, take as many online courses. Wisdom is not something you can pay for. You say, why? Why why can't I just pay for it? Here's why. Because it's 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 a scarce commodity. There's not a lot of it. Like a precious metal, it's very rare, and because it's rare, that's why the value goes up. You say, see, see why, why do things go up in value? Because they become rare. It's, the idea is uh, of supply and demand. The less supply you have, the more demand you have, the more valuable something is. And God says wisdom is very valuable because it's rare. He says, in fact, it's more valuable than gold because it's more rare than gold. It's more rare than silver. It's more rare than rubies. He says, wisdom is a highly valuable thing. Then he tells us, wisdom is a highly limited thing. Notice verse 12 again. Notice a question that's asked. Job asks this question, but where? Where? But where shall wisdom be found? And notice again, where is the place of understanding? No man knoweth the price thereof. Notice what he says. Neither is it found in the land of the living. Here's the truth. Wisdom does not come from me or you. Wisdom does not come. The source of wisdom is not human philosophy. The source of wisdom is not human intelligence. The source of wisdom is not human ideas. 
He says, neither is it found in the land of the living. Notice verse 14. The depths say, he says, go, go to the deepest parts of the earth. Search for the deepest parts of the earth. Because that's where you'd find gold and silver and, and diamonds and rubies and, and, and sapphires if you went down into the deepest parts of the earth. But he says, you know, go to the deepest caves on earth where you'd find all sorts of precious metal and precious gold and ask there, is there wisdom here? And the depth saith, it is not in me. And the sea saith. He said, go down to the bottom of the sea where you can find the biggest pearls and the biggest corals. And the sea saith, it is not with me. In verse 20, he has the question again. He says, whence? The word whence means from where, from what source? Whence then cometh wisdom? And where is the place of understanding? Two questions. He asked them two times in this chapter. One in verse 12, one in verse 20. Then in verse 21, he says this, seeing... He says, here's the truth about wisdom. Seeing it is hid from the eyes of all living and kept close from the fowls of the air. He says, look, he says, wisdom is hid from the eyes of the living. He said, wisdom, in verse 13, neither is it found in the land of the living. By the way, this is why, this is why you would have to be an idiot. See, I don't think you should use that word. I'm, I'm trying to make a point. This is why you would have to be an idiot to go find some person you work with, some neighbor you live next to, somebody who's not going to direct you to the Word of God, who's not going to direct you to the things of God, just somebody out there, just some unsaved natural man, natural woman, and say, well, what do you think I should do with my marriage? How do you think I should raise my children? How do you think I should live my life? What do you think I should invest my time and my energy and my resources? You say, Why, what, what's wrong with asking people? What's wrong with asking people is that none of them have wisdom. God says wisdom doesn't exist in the uh, uh, human world. It doesn't abide in the land of the living. He says that uh, it is hid from the eyes of all living and kept close from the fowls of the air. He says wisdom cannot be found on this earth. I like watching Dr. Phil. You're an idiot. I get my wisdom from Oprah. You're a moron. I, I, li- you know, I just listen to all these talk show hosts and these radio shows. I get my, all my beliefs from Sean Hannity. You're going to fail at life. There's no wisdom there. They can't teach you wisdom. It's not, even if they wanted to, they couldn't. Their eyes are hid from it. See, Job says wisdom, it's a rare commodity. Because it's rare, it's highly valuable. And because it's rare, it's hard to find. You can't ask around for it. Please, please. You say, I'm having marriage problems. Please don't start talking to just some co-worker about your marriage problems. They're going to give you the wrong advice. They're going to lead you down the wrong road. It's the reason why 60 or 70% of marriages are ending in divorce in the United States of America because there's no marriage wisdom out there. Well, I'm just going to ask them, you know, how, how they think I should, you know, discipline my children. Have you seen their children? Well, I just think, stop by when, I don't even know if schools are open or if they're ever going to be open or whatever, but stop by a local high school when it gets out of uh, a school, uh, you know, at, when the day's over, and watch those kids come out of that place and ask me, is that what you want your kids to be like? Look like? Act like? Think like? So, well, why, why are they failing so badly? Because there's no wisdom there. See, wisdom is scarce. There's not a lot of it. Go, to, go back to Proverbs, if you would. Proverbs chapter 13. Proverbs 3 and verse 13. We saw this verse, but I want you to see it again. Happy is the man that findeth wisdom and the man that getteth understanding. Notice, for the merchandise of it is better than the merchandise of silver. Here's what that means. What wisdom can do for you is better than what silver can get for you. 
You say, well, with enough silver, Pastor, you don't understand. I could get a real nice car. I could drive a real nice vehicle, and I could live in a real nice house, and I could have all these nice clothes. And, and, and Job would say, the merchandise of wisdom is better than the merchandise of silver. And the gain thereof than fine gold. She, wisdom, is more precious than rubies. And all the things that thou canst desire are not to be compared unto her. Here's what he's saying. You can't compare any, anything you have, anything you own. It can't be compared to wisdom. Wisdom is better. Wisdom is higher. Wisdom will do more for you. Wisdom will help you better. You have better relationships. You have better health. Your, your finances will be better. Everything in your life will be better if you get wisdom. Look at Proverbs chapter 8. Look at verse 11. If you flip over a few pages there, Proverbs chapter 8, verse 11. Proverbs chapter 8 and verse 11. The Bible says, For wisdom is better than rubies, and all the things that may be desired are not to be compared to it. Look at Proverbs 16 and verse 16. Proverbs 16 and verse 16. How much better is it to get wisdom than gold and to get understanding rather to be chosen than silver? Here's what he's saying. If if you had two options, a bag of gold or wisdom, it'd be better for you to choose wisdom. If you had two options, a, a, a bag of silver or wisdom, he said it would be better for you to get wisdom. And this is not, when, when, when the proverb here is being written, this is not being written in some sort of theoretical way. The person writing that uh, statement is a man by the name of Solomon. And if you remember the story of Solomon, Solomon became king of the nation of Israel. And God came to Solomon, and as a result of, of Solomon's lineage and the fact that God wanted to bless Solomon because of his father David, God came to Solomon and he asked uh, Solomon, anything you want, you can have it. What do you want? And Solomon asked for wisdom, for understanding. He asked for discernment. He asked that God would give him wisdom to be able to lead the people. He humbled himself. He said, he said I'm like a child. He said, I can't lead these people. There's, there's too much uh, at stake here, God. I need your wisdom. And God said, the Bible says, because you didn't ask for the life of your enemies, because you didn't ask for length of days, because you didn't ask for gold, because you didn't ask for riches. He said, I'm going to give you wisdom, but I'm going to give you all these other things alongside with it. Why? Because that's what wisdom brings. Wisdom brings all those things. Solomon didn't ask for length of days, but he asked for something more valuable. He asked for wisdom that gave him length of days. Solomon didn't ask for gold, but he asked for something more valuable. He asked for wisdom that brought him gold. Solomon asked for these things. Go back to Proverbs 28. Keep your place there in, in uh, excuse me, Job 28. Keep your place in Proverbs if you would. Job 28. Job speaks about the search for wisdom. He speaks about the scarcity of wisdom. I want you to notice, thirdly tonight, Job speaks about the source of wisdom. He said, where does wisdom come from? Well, notice verse 22. Destruction and death say, we have heard the fame thereof with our ears. Verse 23. God understandeth the way thereof. Now understand, the context is wisdom. He just got done telling us nobody knows what wisdom is. You go down to the deep and they say, it's not here. You go down to the, to the ocean forest, it's not here. You ask, it, it's, it's not with man. It's, it's, it's not with beasts. It's not with anyone on earth. You say, well, where can I find wisdom? He says, God understandeth the way thereof. God knows how to get wisdom. And he, God, knoweth the place thereof. God knows where wisdom is. Go back to Proverbs chapter number 2. Proverbs chapter number 2. Look at verse number 6. Proverbs chapter number 2. And look at verse number 6. You say, what's the source? What, what's the source of wisdom? The source of wisdom is God. You can't find it with man, but you can find it with God. 
You can't find it in the land of the living, but you can find it with God. See, God understandeth the way thereof, and he knoweth the place thereof. Proverbs chapter 2, look at verse 6. For the Lord giveth wisdom. Say, who gives wisdom? The Lord. Where do I get wisdom from? God. The only source of wisdom, true wisdom, real wisdom, is from God. For the Lord giveth wisdom. There's verse after verse after verse. I won't take the time to run you through it, but there's verse after verse after verse that tells us that the fear of the Lord is the beginning of wisdom. That the fear of the Lord is the beginning of knowledge. That wisdom begins with God. Why? Because wisdom comes from God. For the Lord giveth wisdom out of his mouth, cometh knowledge and understanding. Go to the book of Romans. Romans chapter number 16. Romans chapter 16. And look at verse number 27. Romans chapter 16 and verse 27. Notice what he says there at the end of the book of Romans. Romans 16 verse 27. He says, to God only. Notice this. I love this little phrase. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. So what does that mean, to God only wise? Here's what what it means. Only God is wise. To God only wise. He's the only source of wisdom. You, you say, I want wisdom. you got to get it from God. He's the only source of wisdom. To God only wise be glory through Jesus Christ forever. Amen. See, it is God only who is wise. It is God only where wisdom comes from. The source of wisdom is God. Go to Colossians. You're there in 1st, 2nd Corinthians, Galatians, Ephesians, Philippians, Colossians. Colossians uh, chapter number 2. Colossians chapter 2. Notice verse 3. In whom are hid. Notice what it says. And the reference here is the Lord Jesus Christ, God. In whom are hid all the treasures of wisdom and knowledge. Where do we get wisdom from? Where does wisdom come from? Where can we find wisdom? Here's where we can find wisdom from God. Go to the book of James, if you would. Uh, Right after the book of Hebrews, you have the book of James, James chapter number 3. James chapter number 3. Notice verse 15. James chapter number 3 and verse 15, the Bible says this, This wisdom. I want you to notice, he's going to talk to us about two different wisdoms here. One that comes from God and one that comes from the world. He says, this wisdom descendeth not from above, but is earthly, sensual, devilish. By the way, the wisdom that the world can give you, that's all all the world can give you. Is that which is earthly, that which is sensual, that which is devilish. For where envying and strife is, there is confusion and every evil work. And by the way, that's what their wisdom produces. You try to lead your marriage the way the world tells you to lead your marriage, you know what you're going to have? Confusion and every evil work. You try to raise your kids the way the world tells you to raise your kids, you know what you're going to have? Envying and strife. Confusion. You try to live your life the way the world tells you to live your life, and it doesn't work out well. Look, their life is a mess. I think it's funny that people out there who are crazy... Look at us and say, you guys are crazy. I think to myself, I'd, I'd rather have this crazy all day, every day. I, I'd rather have this crazy and not have to live with the wife you live with and the kids you live with. I, I'll, I'll take this crazy and I'll take it twice on Sunday. For where envying and strife is, where uh, there is confusion and every evil work. But the wisdom, notice, notice, here's, here's the contrast. But the wisdom that is from above. Is first pure, then peaceable, gentle and easy to be entreated, full of mercy and good fruit, without partiality and without hypocrisy. See, the source of wisdom, where does wisdom come from? It comes from above. It comes from God. And by the way, we find it in God's word because our book came from above. The Bible says, forever, O Lord, thy word is settled in heaven. 
See, the word of God came from above, and the Bible tells us that wisdom is from above. See, the source of wisdom, the source of wisdom is God. And, he, and, and he's got the entire market. You can't get it from anywhere else. You can't get it from anyone else. No one else has it. You can get a counterfeit wisdom, which is devilish, earthly, sensual. It'll lead you down a road of destruction. But if you want God's wisdom, if you want true wisdom, you got to come to God. you got to get it from God. You say, well, how can I get wisdom? You know, you know the Bible says that God is no respecter of persons. So I'd like to get wisdom like Solomon got wisdom. Well, here's the funny thing. You can get wisdom like Solomon got wisdom. You say, how do I do that? The same way Solomon got wisdom. Well, how did Solomon get wisdom? He asked for it. The Bible says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not, and it shall be given him. You know what God actually promises? There's not that many verses where God says, if you ask for this, I will give it to you. But God actually promises that if you lack wisdom, you can ask God and he'll give you wisdom. You say, oh, is that simple? Well, here's the thing. Most of us don't think we lack wisdom. See, in order to get wisdom from God, you have to acknowledge that you need wisdom from God. You say, well, I pray and it doesn't, it doesn't happen. It doesn't come to pass. Here's, here's why. Because when you pray, you put all your plans into motion. You put all your ideas into motion. You get all your little conniving, manipulative, all your things kind of going out in there. And when all of that falls apart, then you ask God. And God says, no, it's too late. You, you thought you had wisdom. Your wisdom didn't come from above. It was earthly, sensual, devilish. See, if any of you lack wisdom, if you understand, what, see, what, what did Solomon understand? He understood that the task before him was too great. That he needed God to help him. If any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God. That give it to all men liberally and upbraideth not. You see, God, God is the source of wisdom, and if we ask for it, he'll give it to us. You say, well, how does God give it to us? He doesn't, Download it into your brain. Every night you say, Lord, give me wisdom. I've got a big test coming up. And he's just going to download it into your brain. That's not how it works. You see, you go to God, you say, God, I need wisdom. He says, okay, I'll give it to you. And God uses his resources to get it to you. You say, what are they? It's not complicated. Come on now, it's not complicated. How does God speak to you? Through his word and through the preaching of his word. Amen. And the only reason that he speaks to you through the preaching of the word is if the preacher is actually preaching the word. Amen. See, so here's what happens. You say, God, I really need this answer and I don't know what's going to happen in this situation and Lord, I need you to help me. And then God puts something on the heart of the pastor. Amen. And he develops a whole sermon and preaches it. And you don't show up. And God says, you're going to have to try a little harder than that. You dig into the earth to get gold. You, you, you put energy and effort for a ruby. God, God says, you want wisdom? It's right there. It's the word of God. It's in your Bible reading schedule. And you say, well, I don't have time to read the Bible. And God says, well, I don't have time to give you wisdom. Well, I don't have time to dig down. That's a lot of work, God. You understand? That's a lot of work. God says, it's all there. If you want it, you can have it. See, God is a source of wisdom. God gives us wisdom. Go back to Job 28. Wisdom comes from above. And wisdom comes from applying God's word. Now, before I get into that, we're going to finish up here in a minute. But let me just show you something here. Job is filled, the book of Job is filled with all the scientific stuff. And just kind of get off on a little uh, rabbit's trail, if, if you don't mind. In verse 24, it says, For he looketh to the end of the earth, and seeth under the whole heaven, to make the weight for the winds, and he weigheth the waters by measure. I want you to notice that phrase, weight for the winds. Here we have yet another scientifically accurate statement in the book of Job, before science ever knew it, or caught up to it. 
You know that air has weight and density? Job is telling us about it. He says, he says God is so smart. Because he's telling us that God is a source of wisdom. And he says, you say, well, prove it. How do you know that God's so smart? Well, you know, he can, weigh, he, can, he can make the weight for the winds. God knows how much the wind weighs, is what Job says. You know, it might not seem like it, but air has weight. Anything with mass has weight, and we know air has mass because, for example, we can feel it when the wind blows. The total weight of the atmosphere exerts a pressure of about 14.7 pounds per square inch at sea level. You say, oh, well, you know, Job must have heard that from some, you know, scientists in a university. Well, here's the problem with that. Is that in 1644, Evangelista Torricelli described the first mercury barometer in a remarkable letter that contained the phrase, we live submerged at the bottom of an ocean of the elements of air, which by unquestioned experiments is known to have weight. This extraordinary insight seems to have come right out of the blue. In fact, Aristotle, who lived 384 B.C., about 40, you know, 400 years before Christ, Aristotle, he stated that the air has weight. Although this was a controversial uh, statement for some time, Galileo described the method for measuring the weight of the air in detail, but for reasons that are not clear, his result was an error by the factor of about two. From the time of Aristotle and Galileo, people thought that air may have weight, but it wasn't until 1644 that they could prove it. Job, you say, well, Aristotle lived 384 years before Christ. Job lived like 3,000 years before Christ. Job lived pretty, I mean, as far as we can tell, based off the evidence of the Word of God, Job had to have lived during the time of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, or during the time of the uh, uh, children of Israel being enslaved in Egypt. Thousands of years before Christ, Job makes a statement, wait for the wind. How could he have known that? Well, he knows it because he got it from God, who's the source of wisdom, by the way. See, wisdom comes from above. And wisdom comes from applying God's word. You say, how do I know, Pastor? I get it. You, You spent some time explaining to us that wisdom is scarce because there's not a lot of it. There's a... It's very valuable. It's very limited. We should take the time to search for it, like if we were searching for great treasure and the sources of God. So how do I know if I'm a wise person? I mean, have you ever thought that? Have you ever, asked yourself, have you ever, have you ever had that question? I, am I a wise person? Am I walking wisely? Am I walking in a wise way? So well, how do you know if you're wise? Well, if you remember when we started the sermon, we started with this definition. Wisdom is knowledge applied to life. Knowledge applied to life. You learn something, and then you apply it to your life. If you can do that, you're wise. Oh, well, pastor, I come to church, and I, re- I hear all sorts of things, and I learn a lot, but I don't apply any of it. You're not wise. You say, well, what am I? If you're not wise, there's another option. Job 28, look at verse 26. Wouldn't it be foolish? Wouldn't it be foolish to read the Bible, have the Bible preached to you, every answer of life given to you, and you're like, hmm, that's nice. I'm going to just do what I think. Wouldn't you call that foolishness? For God to tell you, do it this way. And you say, eh, I think I'll do it my way. You're a fool. You say, what's wisdom? When you say, hey, God's right. I'm going to do it his way. I think God has it a little more figured out than I do. In fact, I've made a mess of everything. Maybe I should learn how God wants me to do it and do that. Job 28, verse 26, When he made a decree for the rain and a wave for the lightning of the thunder, then did he see it and declare it. He prepared it, yea, and searched it out. And unto man he said, Here we go. You say, how do I know if I'm wise? Here you go. Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. Well, how do I know if I got it? And to depart from evil is understanding. See, 
when you know what God wants and you do it. I know God doesn't want me to, okay, but have you departed yet? I know God doesn't want me to look at those things, listen to those things, go there, be with those people, act that way, think that way, say those things, drink those things, smoke those things, inject. I know God doesn't want me to do all those things. Okay, well, that makes you very knowledgeable. That doesn't make you wise. You say, well, where am I wise? When you know what God wants and then you depart from evil. Then you actually do it. See, that's wisdom. Because you can know all day long a tomato is not a vegetable. It's a fruit. And just put it into that fruit salad. Because I'm smart. You may be smart, but you're not wise. So what's wisdom? Knowledge applied. You ever met people? I mean, you look at people and you're like, man, you know so much. It's like you, you know so much about this thing or that thing or even what the Bible says. And yet your life is such a wreck. Because there's a difference between knowledge and wisdom. Knowledge is knowing what to do. Wisdom is applying it. And by the way, all we can do here, all we can do at Verity Baptist Church is give you knowledge. And hope you walk out of those doors and do it. All we can do is give you knowledge. And hope you apply it to your life. So just remember, the next time you hear something preached from the Word of God, whether it's this pulpit or any Bible-believing pulpit, the next time you read something from the Word of God and you think, oh, that's nice. Oh, that's different than what I'm doing. Oh, that's not exactly how I, you know, do things, but I'm just going to keep doing it my way. Realize that's a very foolish thing to do. When God says, here's all the answers you need, all the answers for all the matters of life, and all you have to do is do it. Behold, the fear of the Lord, that is wisdom. And to depart from evil is understanding. Let's bow our heads and have a word of prayer. Heavenly Father, Lord, thank you for this chapter on wisdom. Thank you for Job. And Job has been listening to a lot of unwise people for several chapters. And Job has been speaking himself. And I think in this chapter, he just kind of has to remind himself. That wisdom is the principal thing. That wisdom comes from God, and the only way to understand what God is doing is to understand the wisdom that God gives. Lord, I pray you'd help us to be people who understand the value of wisdom. Help us to be people who understand that if digging in the ground for a piece of metal is worth it, and getting up and putting effort and digging into the word of God for wisdom is more worth it. Help us to remember that. Help us to understand that. Help us, Lord, when we learn something, to apply it to our lives. Help us to be wise people. In the matchless name of Christ, we pray. Amen.